Reclaimers number eight begins with an outside shot of Malloy Brothers' auto shop. We cut inside to see Casey's father, hands and arms covered in motor oil, as he puts a wrench down after finishing work on a blue sedan. He looks over to one of his co-workers off screen. Hey, Tess, I'm heading out to pick up some food. You want anything? Before Tess can reply, though, we see through the large front windows several cars pulling up in front of the shop in unison. The doors on said cars open, and several men in suits step out, the last of which being Don Capolini. Previously in The Reclaimers, the team took off to the perch to confront Johnny Eagle and the new legends. Along the way, Orion, Technojack, and the Raven were confronted by Officer Sammons, who had been transformed into a giant humanoid shark. Orion fought the shark off, gaining a magical trident in the process. Hatchling met up with the new legends, which didn't go well. Johnny told her that she was no longer being offered a spot on the team, causing Nico to leave the island and ruining her phone in the process. In the morning, she met up with Casey to get it fixed, and Jackie returned home, where her dad told her that she was not, in fact, his daughter. What does he mean by that? And what will the fallout be with the new legends? Find out in Reclaimers number 8. Who's your daddy? Boys and girls, everyone in between or irrespective of that binary, welcome back to Infinity City. You can call me Elliot because that's my name. I use he, him pronouns, and you can find me on Twitter at Podcaster Elliot. I am your GM of this game, and I am joined today by... Hi, my name is JV. I am Red, Black, Golden on all social media. I am playing Jackie, the Eat Doomed also known as the Raven. Hi, my name is Jordan. My pronouns are they, she, and I play Nico Transau, aka the Hatchling, who uses the legacy playbook and also she, they pronouns. You can go heckle me on Twitter at CuddlefishTweet. Hey, my name is Aram. My pronouns are he, him. You can find me on Twitter at Aram Avartian, and I am the co-producer of the new D&D podcast, Kill Every Monster. Hello, my name is Nika. I use they, he pronouns, and you can find me in most places at Gummisart. And I play Casey, who uses they, she pronouns. We're going to start where we left off Reclaimers number seven, as Jackie has just been sat down by her father and told that she is not his daughter. I think part of this house is coming down. Every item in the room that is sharp or even marginally dangerous, which, if we are seated in a kitchen, is every implement in the kitchen, is now hovering and flying around the room at fast speeds. You weren't in the kitchen, you were in the living room, but there's definitely stuff in here. 
-hmm. as everything is like floating up off of the surfaces that they were on and swirling around in this tornado, this vortex of dark energy. Jackson looks at Jackie with just a scared look on his face. And I think this is the first time Jackie has ever seen fear on her father's face. He looks at her and just says, Jacqueline, please just stop this. Don't hurt me. What the hell? What the hell are you talking about? What? You can't just out of nowhere just say, oh, yeah, no, you're not. You're not my kid. Is now really the time? Now is really the time you want to bring this up. This is the moment that this whole thing is going to happen. I've been trying to talk to you ever since that night at the docks. And you've been avoiding conversations, and I didn't know how else to bring it up to you. It's only been a couple days since the duck. And why would that have prompted this whole conversation happening? Is that... Or, I don't understand. Because you've been keeping secrets about yourself, and this whole situation with you not having my powers... And I thought that as a clone of myself, I thought that you would develop the same powers as me. And now you've got whatever this is going on. I'm sorry. We're going to take a step back there. Did you just say I'm a clone? In Casey's bedroom. Casey was working on fixing Nico's phone. And Nico was just kind of chilling in Casey's room, if I remember correctly. Normal is a little bit tricky right now, so I think the closest compensation for normal that Nico's able to provide is just sitting there twiddling thumbs and every once in a while taking a spoonful of eggs and just watching over as Casey continues to like just fix the phone. This is a two-story house, but I think it's like it doesn't have separate attic on top. So I think this room has like one of those, like the ceiling is partially like tilted where the roof goes. And the room is, it's very much like a teenager's room would be. The walls are covered in all sorts of posters and interesting things that have been in like magazines or whatever. And because of the ceiling being like partially arched, some of the posters and whatever are also on the ceiling. And then one entire wall is taken up by a big computer set up, like with several displays. And the entire wall is just computers, basically, on a gigantic desk. There isn't a whole lot of furniture, actually. Like there are a couple of bookshelves and cabinets, but it's mostly like this huge computer table and then bed and then on the floor next to the bed, like this little Roomba on its dock and the Roomba has stickers on it. It's Casey's pet Roomba bruiser. We see that Casey has taken the phone apart, taken the battery out from the phone and it's like holding the battery and sending like these really small zaps of electricity from their hands and like 
trying to make the battery work, basically. We can see them like muttering to themselves, like talking <laughs> with the battery, basically. But like, it's pretty inaudible what they are actually saying. And as Casey eventually puts Nico's phone back together, Nico sees that they, over the past night, have gotten six texts from Nighthawk at various points. The first one is a reiteration of their question after Nico had left, saying, who the hell is Casey? A couple more are following up, just, hey, are you okay? One of them just says, that bastard better not have hurt you. Another one says, holy shit, saw about the roller coaster. And then the final one that actually came in just about an hour before the phone turned back on is a link to a clip on a website. Big ol' sigh and not going to respond to anything right now, but... Nico's just going to just groan and look over at whatever's on the website. Just anxiety going in. The link takes Nico to a news website that is talking about a break-in at the architect facility that police believe was perpetrated by the Capolini crime family. And the article says that the plans for the guard robots have been compromised, but that Architect believes they are still on track to roll out the program soon. And if anybody has information on the location of the plans, they are offering a reward for any information that leads to their recovery. So... Good news, as she's looking over at Casey. Did uh, you get nice pictures? No, but they did, and just showing, like, the news report of the destruction over at Architect. Ooh. So, it's been a wild night. But hey, I got the valuable good stuff, and apparently it is super valuable right now. Let's not turn it in, though. Okay, I'm gonna need to go pick that up right now. If Nighthawk still has it, then she's probably on a list. Hopefully nobody knows that she has it. I want to go see if we can go take a look at that sometime. Just because, you know, tech stuff. And it's a lot of tech stuff that I don't quite understand. And I don't know. If it's really unhackable, then this is your chance to see if you can hack it. Or see if you can turn it into a toy. Just, I've dealt with this crap for way too much and I just don't trust it. Yeah, I'm ready to go look at some nice blueprints like anytime. Okay. All right. Yeah. As soon as I'm in a good mood to text her back, I'll be sure to get you those blueprints. Yeah. As Casey is saying that, their phone starts ringing. As Casey looks at it, they are getting a phone call from their dad, who she knows is at work and should not be calling in the middle of the day. Yeah, that's weird, so I'm going to pick up immediately. As she picks up, the sound on the other end is garbled and not like somebody is talking into the phone. 
as Casey is listening through the apparent pocket dial from their dad, she hears a conversation in the background. There is a loud, angry voice that she would recognize as belonging to Don Capolini. And I don't think she can really hear what he's saying, but she can tell that her dad would have done this call on purpose, and he is in danger. She hears her dad speaking on the other end of the phone, and he says, Look, Don, you didn't have to come to my work, and I told you I'd get you the money. It's just give me to the end of the day. And I think she can tell from the way he's speaking, like, he highlights the words, my work, so that she knows where to come help him. Yeah, I think Casey leaves the phone on just in case there's anything else that, like, she's not going to hang up on this call, but she immediately looks at Nico and is, sorry, but my dad is in danger if you are really tired. Like, I can go by myself, but I think the mobs got my dad. Okay, yeah, let's go get your dad. I can give you more eggs on the way, but I think we gotta run. Yeah, no, but let's just go. You got your car? Yeah, it's not really my car, but... (laughs) Oh, either way, let's go. Yeah, I think Casey would send, like, a group chat message about this, but she doesn't want to hang up on dad. At the team base, as Orion wakes up, he fell asleep on the couch, which he's prone to do. It's a bit annoyance to the rest of them, but he was—he will just cast out on the, on the couch. So he's there, curled up, and he's just kind of wrapped around the trident as he's sleeping. So he wakes up, and his big curly mop of hair is always wild in the morning, and it's got a little bit of the trident tangled up in it. So he spends a minute taking that out. And just rubs the sleep out of his eyes and plods over to the shower. Walks into the shower with the trident, puts the trident in the corner of the shower, and then starts to shower. We get the panels specifically. It's framed on, like, the outside of the shower. Yeah. So we see Orion walk in, and then the next panel is just him walking out with a towel around his waist or something to keep this from being too high of a rated comic. (laughs) There's a couple shots of him in the mirror with the trident posing with it, trying to just, you know, am am I the son of Poseidon? He's, He's trying to see if it fits, but it just doesn't feel right. But there's still this weird connection he has with this thing. So he doesn't want to let it go. So he just keeps walking around the house, brushing his teeth, having a breakfast with the trident in hand all the time. So he's like, he sits down for a breakfast and he's like, oh, takes a deep breath. Then he gets up and changes where he's sitting at the table so the lighting's better and there's a window behind him. Then he looks up and he fixes his hair and then he takes a deep breath and he rolls his big eyes. Like he knows what he's doing, like the biggest puppy dog eyes he can at this phone that's being held at a slightly high angle, but you can still see out the window behind him. And he hits live. Hey guys. Oh, it's been a hard. Oh, hey. Yeah, thanks for the love. Oh, thanks for the gifts. Thanks, guys. Listen, it's been a really hard day and i found out that i'm a demigod and like i got this trident see yeah i don't know which god is my dad and so if anyone knows anything about that oh also like 
I'm one of the first people from a magical island that's hidden from the rest of the world that existed from like the beginning of time. So I might be immortal. Anyways, if you know anything about this, please hit me up at Orion is great. Thank you. And I end the live and just start munching on my toast. One of the comments in the stream of replies that Orion is getting stands out to him and says, that's not godly. That is Komodan technology. And I would like, I would jump right into their DMs. What does that have to do with lizards? That is when the message comes in about Casey's dad being in trouble. Oh, damn. Listen, I want to talk a lot about these lizards. So DM me, but I got to go save someone's dad. Bye. And I just take off. Just no thought. Just charging outside i get outside and then i stop and i don't realize where i'm going so i look at the text message and a little <laughs> google map link pops up and i click that and i go there back at jackie's house we get a couple of panels as a remote control is flung in jackson's direction he dodges out of the way of it and it hits a picture on the wall that falls and the glass shatters directly between Jackson and Jackie in the picture, like straight down the middle. Mm -hmm. And Jackson looks at Jackie and says, I'm please, Jacqueline, calm down. I'm just because you're a failed experiment doesn't mean that you're not still my daughter. I uh, calm down. Failed experiment. I, uh, that doesn't make any goddamn sense because I, oh God, oh, this doesn't make any sense. This doesn't add up. How, where did you even get the money to do, to make a clone? I don't understand how, what the, ah. Jackie is asking these questions. The next panel, after her asking these questions, shows her dad standing in front of her again. And this time, Jackie sees that now Nevi is on his shoulder, looking directly into Jackie's eyes. You know what's going on, Nevi? Nevi looks at Jackie, and in a voice very different from their usual voice, speaks calmly and in a deep voice and says tis the wind and nothing more quote the raven nevermore and jackie watches as nevi lifts off of her father's shoulder and flies into the gust of things being flung around the living room and disappears into it. Oh, what the fuck? And as Jacqueline says, what the fuck, her eyes open and Jackie finds herself sitting on the couch in her living room, having just woken up from a dream. Oh, that was fucking weird. Jesus. Ugh. Oh no. Is is anyone else in the room with her? 
Jackie is completely alone. As she looks around, though, she does notice that as she stands up, there is some sand that was on her back that has fallen off onto the couch. Huh. I should probably vacuum that the hell up. And Jackie's gonna go and grab a vacuum and just vacuum that sand up real quick. Is there any other damage in the room? Just to be like, just clear about it to see if she needs to clean up the rest of everything. There is no physical damage to the area around Jackie. Fabulous. So she's just gonna grab the little, like, Swiffer thing and just vacuum that sand up and be like, this shit was weird. And then I think she was going to look at her phone. In Casey's car. Oh, let's see. Your dad got kidnapped. Any reason he got kidnapped? Last night, before the little thing at the uh, tower and before I spent the whole night playing Doom. Yes, last night, I heard my dad talk in the phone with the Capolinis and now they are at his work and they are threatening him and he wouldn't tell me about the details but apparently he owes them money and I am disappointed because my dad should know better but also I don't want him to learn this lesson with a bullet through his head. Yeah, that's a lesson you can only really learn once. Um, yeah. All right. Okay, when did he get involved with these guys? Okay, so he owes money. They're not happy about it. We've taken care of these guys before. We can do it again. Yeah, they are just guys. Yeah, they literally brought a guy with a like a, a cat last time. Like, we can do this. Yeah, we can do this. We just have to, like, not get anybody killed. Oh, I wonder if they're going to bring another cat. At the Malloy Brothers Auto Shop. Casey is going in as Casey. Like, she's not changing into her techno jack gear. Because this is about saving Casey's dad. There's no time to, like, change costumes or anything. But I don't think she's going to go in all that recklessly. I think what Casey wants to do is, like, park the car behind the auto shop. Because I think she would know where the back door is the strategy here is let's go in stealth mode until we can't anymore and now nico's head is like okay yeah infiltrations i've done infiltrations before yeah yeah let's try to get in and get dad out of the harm's way and then just beat those guys up we get a couple panels as casey and nico go in through the back door which is you may have expected it to be locked down, but there's no Capolini presence on the back of the building. Casey and Nico were able to go in fairly unobstructed, make their way through the back area with all the storage and the parts that are necessary and everything, and up to the sort of front lobby. So, Casey and Nico find themselves behind the counter of Malloy Brothers Auto Shop. 
and Casey can hear her dad and Don Capolini arguing. She hears her dad just saying, just give me a few more hours and I swear I'll have the money for you. I've got some people working on it and I'll be able to repay you. And Don Capolini says, we've got guys all across the front of this store that are more than willing to make an example out of you, Everett. And in order to ensure that we get the money that's owed to us, I think we will take some collateral with us. And Nico and Casey hear Tess, one of Casey's father's co-workers, yell out as she is grabbed and Don Capolini is like dragging her by the elbow towards the front of the store. Can we see what's going on or do we just hear this? Yeah, you can do the peek over the counter thing if you want. So I imagine there's a big window somewhere. So all of a sudden that window explodes and Orion comes flying through it with the spear tied to his back with his magical lasso, riding a lime electric scooter and just crashes into the middle of this room. As Orion crashes through this window, several of the Capolini guys turn on him, draw guns, and start firing. In Nico's head, as soon as there's that huge break-in, she's like, yeah, I guess that's happening. Okay, now if your dad's around here, now's the time. Get him out of here. He's like on one end of the store, or the garage. The best way, like, you could grab him and make him duck behind a car or something. He's not really standing behind it, but standing where he could duck behind it if need be. He's in a semi-defensive position. She's just going to look over at Casey, just waiting for an instruction right now. Game plan. Are you going to go rescue him? Am I going to do it? Who wants to worry about the guns? Oh, also, girl over there got taken. Who does what? I'll go get my dad, and then I'll join you guys in the fight. Wait, so I'm fighting? We probably got a fight. They're going to shoot at Orion. Orion assumes he can block the bullets with his trident. So he crashes through this window, lands on this lime electric a scooter, slides to a stop, kicks it around his leg as he steps off and he's like, hey, let go of his dad. And they probably have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. And as they pull out their guns, I whip the trident from my back and just spin it in a circle in front of me. The bullets do ricochet off of this trident in a way that like, doesn't make sense for a regular-ass trident. But, Orion, you notice as you're spinning it in a circle, like, more so than it knocking the bullets out of the way, it's almost like it's creating an actual physical shield in front of you. Cut over to Casey, who is presumably running to help her dad. As Casey runs out from behind the desk she does see that tess and i think she'd know tess like mm -hmm. she's relatively close to her dad there's like jokes among the garage that they're secretly dating and <sighs> blah 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 but she sees tess with a an electric baton pressed into the small of her back 
in the clutches of Don Capolini. We see Casey shooting like one really focused little lightning bolt from her index finger at the baton. And what she's trying to do is just like short circuit it so it just goes out of juice. But I think she's just accidentally going to mm, activate it with a huge burst. As she's shooting that focused bolt at it, Casey hears her dad call out her name in surprise upon seeing her. The baton does get short-circuited, but it does activate in Don Capolini's hand. Tess takes very small amount of electricity. Like, it hurts, but it's not, like, debilitating or anything. And Don Capolini throws the rod down as it, like, shoots electricity through his hand as well. And he turns his attention directly on Casey, standing in the middle of this factory floor, essentially on her own, and says, The hell are you doing here? And then go over to Nico. There's dudes with guns shooting at Orion. Casey has the attention of the leader. And a woman that I don't think you know has been shocked in the back and fallen to the ground. Like, she's conscious. She's okay for now. But she is, like, in pain. She is going to just look over at the gunners, transform, and almost like a horrific monster just go into, like, climb around the ceiling and just, like, swoop and take them out one at a time however she can. Just, like, just dropping and swooping on them. As Nico is swooping down onto the first of these Capolini guys, a blur of gold and silver intercepts, and Johnny Eagle has essentially swiped this guy out from underneath her as he has flown in and tackled him to the ground. In the back of a cab on the way to the auto shop. The guy driving her over there is so on your way to pick your car up? No, don't drive, actually. I just know somebody there. At that point, we see the cab pulling up in front of Malloy Brothers' auto shop. And he looks at the multiple cars parked in a sort of half circle in front of the shop as well as the busted-out window and the very obvious crime-fighting going on inside. And he looks in the rearview mirror and starts to say, Are you sure you want to go in there? And I think when he looks in the rearview mirror, Jackie's not in the car. I think she's gonna walk through the broken window and sort of surveil and just see what the hell's going on. The raven is approaching towards this auto shop. She can't shake the fear of the dream that she woke up from just recently. Jackie looks inside of this place and sees everything going on and hears those words about her being a failed experiment and a clone of Jackson. 
echoing in her head. And I think she like stops mm -hmm. and is paralyzed in fear or indecision. Yeah. Orion would just curl himself forward. Now he can't want to kill anyone. He's got a very sharp trident. So he's going to try to knock out guys with the back end and then maybe like stab guys in the arm to get rid of their gun. But he doesn't want to kill any anyone. So he's basically looking to knock out and disarm. I basically just super quick pounced in there. He looks like he's used this trident his whole life, spinning it over his head, around his back, doing backflips with it, and manages just to get the guns out of their hands. So he's just like standing then in a circle of them as they're all around him, like stunned that he's managed to knock all their guns out of their hands. As he does that, Johnny Eagle looks over at him and says, good job, you take care of those guys. I've got the boss. And he okay. is going to go over towards Don Capolini. Oh, okay, Mr. Eagle. Thinking in Hatchling's head, Johnny Eagle has arrived and turned this into a contest. And then I think the main idea of it is almost like the idea of crunching on the ceiling at the speed of slithering and just dropping down from there. Just like this weird ceiling meteor towards him. I think as she drops from the ceiling and she's just going to have just atomic breath and fire towards the floor that softens it up i think she's just going to dive in and literally destroy a part of the floor and just create like a small crater around it her and don capolini both find themselves tumbling down into this crater like it's not very deep necessarily but no. it's like unstable enough that the two of them essentially tumble down into it so he finds himself on top of her and i think he just punches her straight in the face. Casey's dad looks over at her and says, Casey, get out of here. No, you get out of here, dad. We're going to take care of this. We'll beat these guys up for you. Casey's dad looks at her and there's a panel of just the two of them staring eye to eye. And he sees the look of determination in Casey's face. He nods and runs to the storage room that her and Nico came through. Jackie's hair starts to lift up a little bit. She looks like she is charging up like this is Dragon Ball Z. And Fist's hair starts to lift, eyes glowing, things seem purple, generally. And she's going to just run headlong into and over whatever is in the way. Like literally just parkouring over things and people, single-mindedly trying to protect a friend, very quickly rushing into this with the general thought going through her head of, huh, if I'm a failed experiment, would a failed experiment be able to succeed when they do this? And in this case, the this is get over to this person who is punching their friend in the face. And hitting this person as hard as humanly possible. As the raven is barreling through this garage, surrounded by this dark raven energy, her steps leave dents in the floor. Things fly off of shelves around her. The men about to attack Orion get thrown off of their feet. And we see as Tess slides across the floor and slams into a metal shelving Ooh. unit. Oof. 
She is going to then grab him by like the collar on the back, just direct him at the wall. So almost like just a throw. Jackie runs into this crater, grabs Don Campolini by the back of his suit jacket, and essentially throws him off of Hatchling. He hits the ground hard and slides across the smooth floor, landing at Casey's feet and looking up yeah. at her. A better sort of person or hero would probably just say something witty or whatever, but Casey is pretty angry at this guy because he was just like threatening both Casey's dad's and Tess's life. So I think Casey is just going to kick him in the head. We get the panel from Don Capellini's vantage point looking up at Casey and the bottom of her sneaker just closing in on his face. And that goes black. Once he got up disarmed, he would flip the trident back onto his back and switch to his rope. And he's basically just going from guy to guy, tying up their hands, like just trying to get their wrists into the rope and then yanking them over to the next one, just basically trying to get everyone's wrists all wrapped up so they can't fight and without really hurting them. Once he has them all tied up, they're all basically sat back to back on the ground, wrapped up in his lasso. He just kneels down, holding the end of it. He's like, okay, guys, listen, I'm not going to hurt you because I know you're probably just, you need money or maybe you didn't have the best time going up, but listen. There's things you guys can do and people still believe in you. Like you can always change. And he's given them like the, the, the best make your life better speech he can. And because they're wrapped up in it, at the very least, they know that Orion believes oh. it. Orion sees their faces soften. Very similarly to like, if you've ever talked to a very angry child and yeah. they're like, they're still angry. They don't change their mood immediately, but you can tell that you're like connecting with them a little bit. That's yeah. the sort of look these guys have. And as this fight is drawing to a close, we get a full page panel of the inside of this garage, just in a very like heavy state of disrepair and damage with a crater in the middle of it, several like footprints into the very foundation of it, shit knocked off of the shelves and all over the floor, Tess laying against a metal shelving unit, and Johnny Eagle looks at Hatchling and says, if you left this to more experienced heroes, Probably wouldn't have caused as much damage here. If I waited for the more experienced heroes, everybody would have been dead already. Where's everybody else? I didn't need backup to take down some unpowered goons. We don't know what's going to happen every single time. Just get out of here, okay? I'm really done with you. Oh, so you didn't really do anything? Hand Back over the Don so I can take him to the perch and... We'll call it even. And then Nico's going to look over at Casey for that call. Jackie is simply going to walk up to this Johnny Eagle character and just punch him right in the face. Just where in the jaw. Jackie punches Johnny in the face and he takes a step back 
not moving, but like one foot goes back to brace himself. And he grabs his jaw with his hand and says, What the fuck? I'm trying to help you all here. By talking cad shit to us? When we just stopped a fight? No, what you are doing is being antagonistic. And antagonistic bitches get punched in the face. That's how this rolls. How about you clear the fuck out and we handle this how we normally would handle this? Johnny Eagle starts charging up his eye beams looking at the raven. Orion charges to tackle Johnny Eagle. As his eye beams charge up. And Orion jumps in front of the raven. Takes two eye beams directly to the chest. And is slammed into the wall on the other side of the garage. And Orion falls in a slump. And that's where we're ending this issue.